Getting frustrated in uh, the restaurant business is very, very easy. All you got to do is take a look around. Equipments fail. You get a no call, no show. You get a nasty review. You know, you just go into your restroom. You're like, when was the last time this got clean? You're a walk-in fridge. The list goes on and on and on. Our mission here at Making Dough Show is to help you run a profitable restaurant that does not own you. So if this is your first time here checking our show on YouTube or on the podcast or on Instagram or the LinkedIn Zone, be sure to subscribe so we can stay connected. Today, I'm going to share with you how your frustrations can lead to your freedom. It was summer of 2016 when my husband and I left the kids at home with my mom and we took two days off. Uh, it was in August, I remember, and we went to down to downtown San Antonio Drury Hotel for two days, just him and me kind of digging deep into our lives and figuring out what's the vision uh, for our lives with our restaurant and where is this going and just observing the quality of the life that we had as restaurant owners. One of the books that we uh, were reading in that season and we brought with us at that time, it was called Double Double. The book is written by Cameron Harold, and I, and I strongly recommend you check that book out, especially if you're looking into doubling your sales, hopefully in the next few years. One of the exercises in the book was called The Vivid Vision. And the idea was think about your business, and in our case, obviously our restaurant, think about in the next six months or a year or even two years, how will it look like, how does it feel like when you walk uh, into your kitchen from the back door or you just walk into your restaurant from the front, what do you see? And describe that in more detail. Just again, how is the service? How is the food looks like? How does the restaurant look like? Just overall having that, creating that vivid vision because in order to know where we want to go, we need to have a very clear vision of where it is that we want to go. And then again, identify exactly, get clear as to where we are and identify this gap and come up with a game plan to get there. We know that in that season, one of the things that we realized is above all, we wanted freedom. We were a slave to our restaurant at that time. We had no life. We were working long hours. We would get calls all the time. You know, it was kind of hard to have people over at the house even uh, on an evening because, I, you know, we would get calls. I would have to leave to help out operations. And then by then it was just kind of really embarrassing to have guests over, just kind of rude to, to leave your own party. You know how it is. We've done that many times in the past. At that time, we were also looking to having another baby. So it was critical to come up with a path and a game plan to get to that level where we call free. In other words, not being run by a restaurant. We kind of setting a little bit more our schedule, be way more in control of our lives and our hours and what we work on. The gap in between where you are right now in your restaurant and where you want to be is the gap filled with a lot of frustrations. Now let's get practical. I'm going to share with you how we turned our frustrations into our freedom. We continue to do this exercise with our managers. In fact, once a year in December, uh, when we're looking at the projects we want to work on the, the following year, we did that a few months ago in the beginning of 2020. <clears throat> and uh, this is uh, an exercise I'm going to share with you that I hope that it'll serve you. You can put it into practice and uh, get some results, get to that freedom level that you really want. So it's very simple. You can start this, you know, with your management team, get everybody a piece of paper and ask them, set the timer for 15, 20, 30 minutes and ask everybody to simply write down all of their frustrations. What are all the things that frustrates you and stresses you out 
in your restaurant and you want to be as detailed as you can. So again, you want to, you know, come up with your own list. You want all of your managers to come up with their own list because they will have a different maybe perspective and you will get insight. Oh, wow. These are the things that frustrates them that maybe you are not aware of. So this exercise is going to be incredibly insightful. So you're going to write down the list of all of your frustrations on a piece of paper. I promise you, you feel a little bit relaxed and relieved at the end of them because, you know, you got everything out of your head, out of your body, out of your, you know what I mean? Because all those things stresses you out. You get them out of your head onto a piece of paper. The first time my husband and I did this exercise, each of us had like six or seven pages of all the things that frustrated us in our business. We kept running out of certain ingredients all the time, like on Sunday when the, you know, where we cannot get will call. We had a lot of our people on cell phones. That was a source of frustration for me. We used to get so many phone calls from staff. I'm like, why can't they figure stuff out on their own? They cannot solve their own problems. We would get calls all the time. A lot of the customers' issues, you know, our, our manager was unable to handle. It would come to me. Some of the severe level ones, you know, customer concerns. Inventory wasn't getting done accurately and on a weekly basis. I mean, the list went on and on and on. Once you get all the things out of your head and onto paper, one of the things that is great for you to realize is that if you were to solve all these issues that you have on that few pages of paper, what it's going to feel like and what it's going to look like. So they're probably not a million items, right? Maybe there are 30 items that you're going to have. So it is possible for you to work toward um, solving these issues. And I'm going to go over how we turn every frustration into a freedom and how you can do that. But ultimately you realize, listen, this is, this is not an impossible task. You know, we're, we're going to go and get somewhere. If I were able to solve these problems, if we could create systems to prevent these issues and or equip people who can handle all these issues that I have listed here, then we got to be in a much better place, right? So the next thing you're going to do is you're going to look over your list and circle the top three sources of frustrations that you have. You can ask your managers to do the same. You're just choosing three things that makes you the most frustrated. It gets your blood boiling. You know what I mean? We, we get that sometimes, right? So you're going to circle three. So we're going to narrow things down and you're going to circle three. And once everybody does a three and y'all can share what are the three top things that frustrates everybody, then you're going to work together to select one thing. So what's going to be the one thing that frustrates you the most that if you were to either, again, create a system to either prevent it or a system uh, that you can equip your people to handle when this particular issue happens every time, then that's going to bring the most level of relief for you, right? So what what frustrates you the most? That's the one thing. And when you're going to have all your managers identify their one thing as well. Great. So that one thing is going to be your focus this month. You're going to turn that into a project and I'm going to go over our five-step process, how we turn every frustration somewhat into a project and how we not only fix problems, but also solve them, which is a little bit different. I'm gonna go over it with you here. But if every person in your management team is working on one thing, so for example, maybe your management team, it's a team of five, then you're working on five things that are the source of frustration for the whole team. And by the end of this month, you're going to resolve those so they're no longer a source of frustration. That's going to feel great. So the first step is always when you look at something that frustrates you, step number one is to define the problem. You need to get incredibly uh, specific about the problem. What is the actual problem here? For example, 
maybe a lot of times you come in the morning and the restaurant isn't clean enough. Maybe the kitchen, the drains, they're not as clean as they need to be. And you keep telling your managers or your closing team, and maybe that is something that frustrates you. Or again, running out of certain ingredients. So for example, if we get the example of running out of certain ingredients on Sundays, oh, for instance, right? You get food order issues. So you first want to define the problem and what are the impacts of this problem? Ultimately, you want to identify why is this thing stressing you out? Why, you know, what are, what are the implications of this frustration and this problem? So you want to define this whole thing as detailed as you can. So for instance, our Thursday food order isn't accurate and we keep running out of food right on Sundays when we cannot call will call to get the food, right? The next step after we define the problem is identifying the cause of the problem. Why does this keep happening? This is especially important when you have a problem that keeps happening over and over again. We got to figure out where, what's the common denominator? Is it a person who's not equipped doing this task? Is it a system that we don't have in place? You know, we need to figure out what's the cause. We got to go to the source of the problem. This I learned from actually um, Zingerman. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the brand. They're very famous. They, the, the owners, they have a lot of books in the restaurant business as well. Something that I learned from them that I think it's incredibly powerful is this. They always, whenever there is a problem, and it's great even when you are coaching your people to, uh, to go into that, is to ask yourself these three questions. Whatever the issue is, is this a system problem? Is this a training problem or is this a management problem? For instance, in the case of cleaning. So in the morning you come in and you're closing, the closing is done, is not done very well. The drains are still dirty. So the question you're going to ask yourself, is this a system problem? Do we have a closing checklist that is clear, that addresses exactly how this whole thing needs to happen? So maybe you're like, yeah, we do have a closing checklist. Thank you very much. Okay. The second question, is this a training problem? Our people, are they equipped? to use the checklist, do they know how to do the task? Sometimes they don't know how to clean the drains or they don't know how to properly mop. So first, is it a system problem? Second, is it a training problem? And third, is it a management problem? In other words, is it that we have a system for it, people are equipped and they know how to do it, it's that my manager is not holding the team accountable to ensure they follow the system and they follow what they've been trained to do. This is incredibly simple. A lot of times you can even have used that as a coaching session with one of your managers. Hey, seems like we have this problem. Let's identify what's the source of this problem. Is this a system issue? Have your manager answer. Hey, do we have a system for this? For example, in the case for the food order, do we have a system for the food order with the par levels and things like that? Do we have a system for that? So maybe you don't have a system. Great. Then we need to create a system for it. That just kind of identifies for you what, what what's the next phase? What's the next thing you need to do? Maybe you don't have a system for it. If you don't have a system for it, you know exactly what you need to do. Then again, a system is that you're going to turn that into a project. You're going to figure out your par levels. It won't be perfect the first few weeks. Maybe you said too much. Maybe you said too little. And that needs to be adjusted in the next four to six weeks, but at least you identify that this is a system problem. Next, you're like, you know what? We do actually have a system and par levels posted for our food order. Fantastic. Who's the person who places the food order, right? Is that person equipped? Is that person trained? Then you're going to go over researching in that. And you're going to sit with that person. Hey, listen, it seems like we keep running out of flour or sauce or cheese or bell peppers always on the weekends. Is it that you don't know, you know that we have the par levels on the thing, right? Are you following the par level? Just identify what's the problem here. Is it maybe the person's like, well, actually, I don't usually look at that. I, I didn't know we had that uh, 
blah, 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 posted on the wall. Oh, great. So it, this was a training issue. The third one is your manager needs to always be checking the work of everybody who's doing this task. Then you're going to realize, oh, wait a minute, this is a management issue. So you can bring this to your manager and address this. So I, I wanted to show you how simple it is from like something that is a source of your stress Thinking about identifying what's the next course of action. Do I need to create a system for it? Do I need to create training and equip my people? Or is it a management issue? I need to have a conversation with my manager to hold the team accountable and enforcing the system. The next step is how are we going to fix the problem? Okay, so fixing a problem is very different than solving a problem. So when you come to the restaurant uh, and you want to fix a problem in the morning when you arrive and the restaurant is not that clean, fixing it, hey, you, 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 you know, you guys, I need you guys to go clean the drain, right? Or for example, you arrive and you guys are out of ingredients. Fixing it is coming up with a game plan for your team to be like, okay, in the mornings when you arrive, I want you to check to make sure that, you know, we have all of the list of our ingredients or we have blah, blah, blah. And when they identify that we don't have those ingredients for them to place the will call and things like that. So it doesn't come to you. So do they know how to place the will call and things like that? Ultimately fixing the problem at hand, but that's not actually solving it. Solving a problem is going to make sure this problem does not happen over and over and over again, right? That's the actual problem we're trying to solve. And always when you want to solve a problem, you want to systematically solve the problem. What is a systems issue here? So whenever this happens. I don't know. You know, my, my parents also work at our restaurant. I, the, a lot of times they complain and I know maybe that would be your complainer as well, that you need to tell your people over and over again and remind them of a particular task. Like it seems like every day you need to be telling them. And the reason is because you're not solving that problem systematically. You need to rely on a system. If you need to be telling people all the time, go clean the drain, go bring and do this, blah, 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 whatever it is. People are relying on you. And so when that week you're gone to Hawaii or you got sick, things are not going to happen. And again, it's kind of frustrating to be keep, keep repeating yourself over and over again, week after week. It seems like people don't get it, but you need to rely on a system. So always be thinking about how am I going to systematically solve this problem? How can I create a training, put it on video, put it on our website. So always when we have a new hire, they can watch this about how to clean the drain as simple as whatever the cleaning the drain is that you would think or cleaning the restroom systematically in a scalable way that you're going to solve this problem. Ultimately, when you do this section, it's part of a project that you're coming up with a game plan that again, you're going to identify and define your problem. You're going to identify the cause of the problem. Is it a system issue? Is it a training issue? Or is it a management issue? And once you have that, how do we fix the problem and how do we solve the problem? Then you're going to turn this ultimately into a project. A project has a project manager. So you need to figure out who's going to be the person leading this. It could be a team lead who there's some people in your restaurant that are like cleaning. Surprisingly, some people like cleaning. Some people are very detail oriented. That person is good for placing the food order, for instance. So identify who would be a good project manager. It doesn't need to be one of your managers. This person is a project manager who's going to work with you uh, in solving this frustration and turning that into a freedom point for you. A project always has a deadline. So whenever you look, for example, you're like, we got to update our closing checklist clearly that those items that um, is a source of your frustration, maybe it's not part of your checklist. So you're going to give yourself two weeks. You're going to work with the project manager that in the next two weeks and you put a date on and uh, that's going to be the end of this project. Otherwise, things will just go on and on forever if there is no deadline.
A project is always has a closed loop reporting. So, for example, you have your manager who's working on the inventory, um, not inventory. I mean, like the the food order, right? We're talking about the par levels and the food order. You want that person to be like, listen, I'd like to receive an update every Thursday, and I'd like to receive it via email, and and. You ultimately are holding your manager accountable for them to let you know instead of you always fetching people. I don't know if you find that you do. If you finding yourself that you need to be asking for information all the time for an update is because you did not close the loop. Part of the closing the loop is you telling them I need to receive an update on Thursdays by 2 p.m. or you going to call me on 2 p.m. on Thursday and give me an update on the project. So you put in the ball in their court instead of it being in your court. This process, as I mentioned, it is simple, but it's not easy. It requires you having a clear vision as to where you want to be and your commitment and being aggressive about fighting for your freedom and the freedom of your family. Don't settle for the norm of not having a life as a restaurant owner. You don't need to be at the restaurant all the time. My husband and I currently work collectively about 10 to 12 hours on the business. We meet with our managers. We're working on projects. We're kind of overseeing things. We do not work ops unless it's Valentine's and it's record sales. You know, we get a call, you know, I worked this last Valentine's, for example, but we usually do not work operations. We work from home. And that's why I'm at home right now uh, talking to you, right? Because it's not you, you create what's the norm for you. You know, you can work from home and be a restaurant owner. That still doesn't mean that you don't work. We work a lot, right? On a different, all kinds of different aspects. The vision, we're working on partnerships. I have a chamber event to go to. You know, there's a lot of different things we do as restaurant owners, but working ops is not necessarily something that you need to be doing. You need to be working on the business, taking your restaurant to the next level. So this is our secret to our freedom that we tackled our frustrations aggressively, like the enemy, one by one. Does that mean that we no longer have no frustrations? No, absolutely. We have frustrations a lot still, but it's not to the level that it was, and it's not to the severity of what it was. And you know that your business, just like your child, as your child grows, you're going to encounter new problems, new phases, new unknowns, same as with your business. So there, you're always going to be unknowns in the business and sources of frustration. But again, it's just not going to be to the level that it is where you are owned by your business, that you're a slave to your business. In 2020, our goal here is to help you. And um, obviously our goal for our restaurants is to experience levels of success that we've never had before, when it, whether it comes with our sales or our operations, with our team, with our management, and just the way we do things. And I'm hoping that you have set some big goals for your operations. I'm going to remind you again of that uh, quote from Thomas Jefferson, that if you wish to have things you've never had before, you need to be willing to do things that you've never done before. Part of working on your business is doing this, sitting down, working on your frustrations, one-to-one, -one, taking emotions out, turning them into projects, putting project managers in charge, and tackling every frustration one by one. We need to stop complaining about the issues in our business. There will always be things to complain about. Instead, we need to put, uh, you know, get to work. Let's solve our problems and run a profitable restaurant that does not run us. Question of the day. I want to know what is the one thing that is the greatest source of frustration in your restaurant?
Comment below if you're watching on YouTube or email me at team at makingdoshow.com and I would love to hear it. And I'd love to hear what's your game plan to tackling this problem. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Making Dough Show. I appreciate it very much and I wish you the best. And uh, as you know, it's time to get back to work and make some dough. Bye.